Broadcasting live from Louisville, Kentucky, where the ladies are fillies, the men are sluggers, and nothing beats a trifecta. Speaking directly to your soul from the elusive wind zone command post. Established upon the doctrine of total victory. Submerged in the highest quality bourbon. This is the Swantastic Swancast. Back by popular demand, season two of the Swantastic Swancast. Kicking off right with Independence Day weekend and all things America. And that beat's banging better than ever. Yeah, it's a nice intro. Yes. I missed it. We we um we came out of the gate so hot with so many guests and established ourselves as this phenomenal podcast and then uh we took some time the um you know the first episodes were like 3 hours long, 2 3 hours long. So it took what, people a while to get through all those and then now recently um everybody's like when's the next swancast? What when's happened? the next swancast? Come on. So we had to let the demand build back up and now we're back and ready to roll, and it's the Friday before Independence Day. Yeah. Um, so that's Monday. It will be uh, the Fourth of July, and we just thought let's let's kick off season two, chatting about uh, what makes everything around us so great because it is just a phenomenal time to and place to be alive in the history of mankind. You really just can't beat it. It is. It's amazing. Oh, top point. Oh, one percent or something. I mean, for time and place, this is it. This is it. And here we are. I'm drinking um, Baker's, um, which is Nick. That's Jim Beam family, correct? That's correct. So, you know, I just kind of thought, which one of these on this shelf is the most Americana? What is screaming America? And um, of all the brands I think about when it comes to bourbon, uh, Makers is always up there because they have such phenomenal marketing and you know iconic branding but really when i think about it personally it's the beam family of bourbons that kind of is the cornerstone of american bourbon so i went with baker's 107 proof we'll see how that lasts over the next 30 to 40 minutes but um hitting it pretty good so let's get started what are you guys going to do this weekend to celebrate well i'm going to do the pool today after this podcast and I'm going to do the pool tomorrow. And then if the weather lets me, I'm going to do the pool Sunday. Nice. And then I'm going to drive to Lexington Sunday night for a uh, big party, my buddy's throwing. And then Monday, sad and happy day. Uh, happy day. It's Independence Day. Sad. My best friend's father passed on July 4th, 2008. Yep. And he's like a father to me too. So we get together, big group of us. At BW3's Middletown, because yep. that was his favorite place to go. I remember some that. beers, and remember they used that. to have his picture yeah. on the wall. Yeah. He played Golden Tee constantly. He was a master, like 22 under, 25 under. Crazy. <laughs> what? Master. So we go up there, have some beers, and just remember him, talk about that's all the good cool. times we had with him. The celebration of life. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, that's really nice. Landon, what are you, what are you getting into? We're, By the way, Landon is wearing... Amazing <laughs> outfit here. <laughs> He's got the... His shirt is basically an American flag right now. Absolutely. I got my weekend attire is all set. It's all red, white, and blue. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of pool, a lot of fireworks. We've got some like home pool stuff set up. We don't have a pool at our house, but we've got the, the playground. I've, I've rigged up a way to get the slides to end in a pool. And You did that last year, didn't you? I did, yeah. And so the kids love that. And we've got a, a little 
temporary pool that we're going to put in the driveway. Um, it's like 12 feet wide. Kids love it. It's awesome. So they, they last a year. They're, they're real cheap, but the kids absolutely love it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we've got some friends and family coming in to stay with us. So we're going to have three dogs running around the house and oh my. Four, or four or five kids. We're going to be hitting the pool just like you, Nick. The pool is kind of the cornerstone of the whole deal. It has deal. to be. <laughs> um, you know, we'll hit the pool probably every day. And um, we're trying to figure out if we're going to do – we always put on a pretty nice fireworks show, me and Boyd, my neighbor. Yep. Um, we buy just buy a bunch of stuff and just go fl- flame it out. <laughs> and so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, but we're trying to figure out if we want to do that Saturday night, Sunday night, or actually on the 4th right. uh, in the evening. And it's kind of like one of those things where I think what we're going to end up doing is just tomorrow morning checking the forecast and just going for the best of the three. Well, I just looked, and unfortunately, Sunday, 80% chance of precipitation, and Monday's 100% as of now. Yeah, maybe Saturday night. So then. Saturday night may be the play, but you know, if it clears up, I think the, you want to get as close as you possibly can. I know. Technically, July 2nd, is Independence Day. It wasn't until July 4th, it's just the day that it's established. So if you did a Saturday night, you wouldn't necessarily be going. You know, they wrote so. it on the 2nd, right? And are they all finished signing it on the 4th. Is that right? That's correct. Something like that. Okay. Well, I could I could roll with that. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of it being a three-day holiday anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, John, John Adams wrote a letter to his wife that says, you know, the first part of the letter says the second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epic in the history of America. And he was two days off because we celebrated as the 4th of July. Yeah. But they didn't if John it. Adams is saying 2nd of July, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's pretty much. It's legit. It's 2nd of July. They wanted the three-day party. They, they had incredible foresight. <laughs> no, I think you're right as far as it was established on the 2nd, maybe signed by a couple people, but wasn't finished. Right. Was, wasn't completely signed by all founding fathers until the 4th. So and I told my, like uh, you know, like uh, two nights ago, I told my boys a story. And that's just how I started. I said, this is a true story, which a lot of times I make up stuff. But I basically told them about the independence and what happened going through America. And then I ended it with, and they had kids and they had kids and they had kids. And now we're here. And it was like, Wyatt's face was mind blown. He's like, wait, that's us? We were the rebels? I was like, that's right. We were. See, he loved it. I think it's so important to educate at an early age about the importance of this day. I mean, my dad, ex-Marine, you know, he was served in the yep. Marines for 20 years. I mean, we, were, we were always educated about it yep. from, from, a very, from as far back as I can remember. There's so many people that don't even know what this know. day really is or what it means or who we claimed independence from. It's right. like the basics. And that, I, I'll give a shout out to Andy on that. Years ago, um, when you... When Ava and Rollin were just becoming that age, four or five, something like that, you and Sherry made a conscious effort to call it Independence Day instead of Fourth of July. Right. I think that's a, a fantastic move. I like that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, it kind of, it, the, the word independence embodies a lot of what I'm all about um, and what I want other people to truly embrace for themselves. And that is, you know, as an individual, to be independent of, the need to rely on others, you know, but to be cooperative with working with other people voluntarily and through mutually beneficial transactions, all that's phenomenal. But as an independent person, um, you're, you're more powerful and it's a better life as an independent country. It's, 
you know, and the smaller the government, the less you rely on outside forces, the better things are probably going to be for you, even if they're not necessarily better tomorrow. It's just a better way to live and to build yourself. It's the only thing you can control. So independence is a big, um, you know, that's just a big word for me. I just, I really, truly love that word. And I think it, you know, um, needs to be said more when it comes to this, because, you know, when you, when you read those founding documents and you think about what those guys were going through, they weren't fighting for America and they weren't fighting for even really a concrete vision of what they thought things should be. They were fighting for independence and for the right to determine that themselves. Right. So that was the initial motivation. Let's get the hell out of this British colonial type of, you know, monarchy and royalty driven, you know, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call that government. Let's get out of that and then take control of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So the step one was independence uh, more so than it was, um, you know, we have this grand vision of what things should be. Right. That grand vision stopped at we are going to decide what things should be. Yeah, they had a lot of shouldn'ts. Shouldn't yeah. have this and shouldn't have that. Uh, but yeah, that I love the the founding documents, the Constitution, Bill of Rights, of course, the Declaration of Independence. But yeah, that you know, we first talked about doing this show. We talked about what makes America great, and that those were the first things that came to my mind were the Bill of Rights because it's we take all that stuff for granted, but so many people don't have those, and they're so key. Yeah. It's amazing. Billions of people don't have those. Yeah. It's wild. You can't, like, the First Amendment, freedom of speech, you can get in trouble for what you say in other countries. You can be executed for saying something bad about the leader. That's nuts. That is, that we is might a terrible already to have to, but based on what we said on this podcast, if it, in some other countries, and certainly other countries throughout history of the world, we would already need to be going back and editing this to make it compliant with. Oh, yeah. Uh, government force just by speaking about independence and things like that some of the you know so um i think that's really important i would also encourage people just if you get some free time this weekend at least download it on your kindle or get get the federalist papers um you know it gives you a really good uh background on why things were written into the constitution and what the founders were thinking and some of the debates that were going on that we're still having today about you know the appropriate role of government and the appropriate responsibility of the citizenry and that sort of stuff. Um, so just get the, the Federalist Papers. It's just, it's something probably everybody should be reading every few years, just again, to kind of get that background on why um, we should be so grateful to live where we are. Absolutely. Um, Switching course a little bit. Yeah. How about a fun fact? Well, I love fun facts. Oh, yeah. I especially love Nick Fenton fun facts because they're always super fun. Here's a here's a here's a fun. Hopefully, I live up to it. Both John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, the only signers of the Declaration of Independence, later to serve as presidents, died on the same day, July fourth, eighteen twenty six, which is the fiftieth anniversary. I mean, that's that's wow. amazing, mind blowing. What a you mentioned happy sad earlier for the July fourth. Mm-hmm. That that July fourth was happy sad for a lot of people. That's crazy. Oh, Two of the f- those are big dogs. That's down on the same day, but not just any day. July fourth. Yeah, I wow. guess in John Adams' mind, maybe it wasn't. He didn't die on Independence Day. <laughs> he died two days he's after so Independence mad. Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is hilarious. Um, well, good for them. 
I mean, what a way to go out. Hell yeah. 50th yeah. anniversary. Pretty much, you're like, okay, it worked. You know? Success. Because I wonder when they were writing some of this stuff in the beginning, how much confidence did they have that that they'd win against uh, against Britain and that all this would work out, all the states could agree on everything? You know what I mean? Like, how confident were they? Because that's... High risk. It is so high risk. Extremely high risk. I mean, you see it all the time every year somewhere in the world there's a rebellion mm-hmm. that gets absolutely squashed and everyone just ends up in a you know in, in like one big hole together in, in a mass grave mm-hmm. and that's that's the end of it and so i think um you know i don't want to get too much into revolutionary war history because i'm far yeah, from we gotta an keep expert. it positive today that's yeah I that's would, far from positive i would love to have uh and if any audience member anybody listening to this knows someone that is um you know not necessarily a paid expert but someone that truly knows hmm. all there is to know about you know revolutionary war founding documents that sort of thing we'd love to have them on that would be um just that a real treat for me and um yeah, so I think that would be super cool. The other thing, again, to switch gears like Nick was trying to do, the other thing I think about when I think about the 4th of July, man, I think about hot dogs, Doritos, Budweiser's. For some reason, fruit salad like on some <laughs> you the, you're at the pool with some fruit salad, man, some blueberries and watermelon. And, <laughs> man, salad. it's just fresh summer. <laughs> you got to love it. Hot dogs and fruit oh, salad and potato man. chips, man. I don't know about the fruit salad, but I hear you. <laughs> Hot dog, fruit salad. Yeah. A little different. Hey. It's colors. It's got the it's got the vibrant reds and blues, right? Yeah. So let's talk about what makes America great. Okay. What, what is what things jump out when you think of America? What what is I've got a list of um inventions. This is kind of cool. Here are some really big inventions. Imagine the world without these. And I feel like the world should be thanking America for inventing these. I'll just go. I think, yeah, I agree. I think the world should be thanking America for existing. Just it's amazing. It, when you look at this, it's amazing. Right, I'll go. I believe this is in chronological order. Light bulb, telephone, Model T, the airplane, television, washing machine, microwave oven, industrial robots, lasers, Calculator and computers, which, I mean, that's enormous. Uh, social media, 3D printing, and GPS. Think, just think about the world with all those. I mean, the f- GPS and 3D printing are kind of new. We'll see where that goes. Mm-hmm. But Well, GPS, I think. Is, well, yeah, GPS. I say 3D printing is the one, 3D, only one yeah. on that list where I was like, eh. Yeah. It, that, I mean, it could it'll be, get there. It could be huge. But it could be have 3D printing well, houses. They're, three, they're 3D printing houses. It's amazing. Well, all those things. Yeah. You, you interact with every one of those on a daily basis. It's wild. And let's add to it. Bourbon. I like this. I like where this is going. And let's add to it. The nuclear bomb. Hey, you know, sometimes you, hey. <laughs> is, that, is that a good thing? <laughs> I, well, it saved, it saved millions of lives in World War II. Yeah. So far, it's been a, a positive it's true. thing. There's, I, there may have been World War Three without it's, it. I guess I, yeah. It's how the, much? How much deterrence has there been? Because, I mean, there's only so far. Yeah. You're really going to push a country that can do it's, that. It's the you. ultimate negotiation leverage. Yeah. I mean, in the hands like, of 
someone that's not right. sane. That's yeah. a, a major North problem. Korea. Right. So up till this point, I think we'll give that a, a, a green check mark. But um, yeah, that's a really cool. So lasers. See, I would have actually, if you would have told me all of those inventions, I probably would have put industrial robotics. I, I probably would have guessed Japan on that mm-hmm. because they seem to have really capitalized on it more. Although I'm not, I don't really know that that's true. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe like 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Wasn't they, the cell phone invented in America? Because I, I remember a documentary where a guy was know. in New York City. He like created his the first cell phone mm-hmm. and went outside and was using it to test it out. But I don't know if that was just the first cell phone in America right. that was invented by an American or if it had already been invented elsewhere. I don't know. We need to look that up. That's a big one. That's well, a huge one. Yeah. If you want to think about contributions to science, I mean, the list would be. Oh, just, and medicine. Just medical advancements, technological yeah. advancements. Yeah. It's Beyond. All, and it's all based on that incentive, the self, you know, being uh, driven, self-driven and having independence, being able to do what you want and reap the rewards of the risks that you take. Yeah, I mean, the world would be a different place if at 16 years old, the Wright brothers were told, all right, you're going to work in the state uh, engineering facility to advance the, you know, whatever of transportation of of the public. Right. Right? Even if they were in the same arena. Even if they're in the same arena. Like when you first started, I thought you were going to say something like you're going to go, you know, so so uh corn or whatever right and do the fields uh but yeah even if they were in the same field it would have been different totally different because there's there's something about that drive that comes from within that america has captured yeah i think i think that's exactly right because you know for me and it's part of who i am again but part of uh the promise of america is not uh the outcome but the opportunity. And so for me that just, I I just love raising kids in an environment where I can truly tell them if you want to do something, then do it. And you can, and if, and if you really, really go after it, you can become one of the best there's ever been at that. And, Find a way to make that the way that you make a living and the way that you support your own family or the way that you make yourself happy or the way that you help others or whatever it is, you can do it. Uh, I think that gets lost a lot in the political shuffle right now uh, because so much focus is on the outcome and the equalities or inequalities of outcomes. Right. But if you look and rewind to that base level of opportunity, which is, I think, the only place that you could you should focus um it's just phenomenal it's just amazing some people are more advantaged than others yes but here no one's gonna stop you from trying it's the best platform possible right right. no one's gonna stop you from trying which i think is the number one thing that i ask for you know in a society is look just don't get in my way sure you know that's um that's yeah that's what if you read the Constitution Bill of Rights, it's so much in there about personal liberty. Yeah. It's what it's all about. Don't get in the way. And Nick, I looked it up. Yes. Cell phone. USA. All right. Stamp it. 19, uh, 1983 is when it was first brought to market by Motorola. 
by Martin Cooper was the man who did it. So okay. USA science wins again. Absolutely. You know, they say there's two types of countries in the world. There's those on the metric system <laughs> and those that have been to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And though, isn't, is Australia on the metrics? I mean, on the, uh, I think, are, what is it called? Standard? Is that what it's called? Uh-huh. On the English standard system yeah. or whatever. I think everyone's on the metric system from a, um, like, truly scientific point of view. Gotcha. I think that they're, I don't know, they're roads. I don't understand it all because I think it's now meaningless. It's almost like you went through this phase where the world was coming together. And it was like, okay, now we have these languages. So learning other languages is going to be hugely important. Or now we have these measurement systems. So understanding the metric system is hugely important. And it's like, no, you know what? I'm carrying in my pocket the world's greatest supercomputer. We can translate to each other in a matter of seconds. Or we can, you know, the conversion from metric to English is a complete non-issue. It's all just cultural. So who cares? Right. Plus, Plus, you can't tell me that celsius is better you just that's the one i think is stupid i think that from a scientific standpoint it's a no-brainer better but why from, who cares where water boils uh, or freezes what's water i mean what's the what's, big deal what are the marks in <laughs> what, why is fahrenheit good celsius has that what does fahrenheit have well fahrenheit if it's zero it's really cold <laughs> and if it's 100 it's really hot <laughs> true that okay that's that's pretty good it makes sense. It goes along with our grading system, right? It makes it easier to conceptualize. Yeah. Oh, no, it's only in Celsius. You're like, oh, it's it's only 15 degrees today. And they're like, oh, that's pretty mild. Like, what? Yeah. What is 15 degrees? Oh, that's, yeah. oh, it's getting up to 24. What? <laughs> but everything else. Everything else. No, it's better. The, the, the divisions, everything right. else is better. But we're talking about what's great about America. That's right. Maybe that we're stubborn and hard-headed and we're like, no, we're sticking with 5,280 feet and 12 inches. That's right. <laughs> you know why? Because. Because <laughs> good America. Yeah. That's eight furlongs. What do you want to, you want to talk about that too? That's we eight should, furlongs. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him how many kilometers it is to the moon. Because we know how many miles it is. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> how many kilometers has the Mars rover Right. Explore. We have no idea, but we can tell you how many miles. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And the uh, the Voyager. I looked this up. Things been going for almost forty years. It is now eleven point five billion miles away. Mm. Is it still sending back? It's, yeah. So, so is that what, is that the one that sent back the stuff from Pluto? Like, is it, it did a pass by Pluto and sent back those pictures? Was I'm that not, the Voyager? I'm not sure if that was Voyager. I guess so. It said, uh, this article I read said that it was, will soon, I think in the next 10 years, be leaving our solar system. So it's, it's a long ways away, but it's still got a ways to go. What if it just sends back a message as it leaves the solar system? It's just like, oh shit. (laughs) Wait till you guys see this shit. (laughs) It's like gained some intelligence and it's like scared out of its mind. How crazy is that? Would you say 11 and a half billion? Yeah. It hasn't, even, it hasn't even left the solar system. Yeah. Billion That's miles. crazy and, how far away And then we're one of a billions of solar systems. Right. So yeah, how many... what's out there. I wonder how long it takes for that communication. How, what's the speed of light? How long does that take for that communication to get back from that thing? I don't think it sends it at the speed of light, though. It sends it radio waves, which I don't think is the speed of light. Yeah. We're going to need a scientist on here. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The well, sun the, is seven minutes, slight minutes away. Yeah, so it's further than that. Yeah. Um, 
that's the other great thing about America is that we, I mean, we are known for just talking about and very confidently discussing things that we may not have a <laughs> pure factual background. So I'm going to guess it's got to be like 45 minutes to an hour. That's a good guess. <laughs> that's a really, I we don't I, even know what it's. I feel pretty strong about that. How I think fast it's radio waves travel. I think it's speed. Of, well, I think I did, it's basically I did, speed of light. I did oh. the math and that seems about right. You did the math. Yeah. <laughs> In my head. Yeah. I, com- oh, I converted the, the light speed to radio wave speed conversion. Gotcha. Mm. And then I did the distance from the sun to the moon and converted that in minutes. So that's about, that's about 8.23 minutes in radio wave speed. You're such a prodigy. So then, then we got to say the distance from the moon, you know what I'm doing. You know, yep. 45 to 60 minutes. Yeah, they, they really had to think some things through when they sent that thing out. Oh, I mean, the planning. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's amazing. It was 40 years ago. They have to know where these other planets are going to be so that it can use that gravity and all. I mean, so in 40 years, it's traveled 11 billion miles. Yeah. Dang, I bet the warranty's up on that bad boy. No, it's done. <laughs> it's done. Man. It was a th- it was a thirty year ten billion warranty. So it's up. yeah, they keep getting letters <laughs> like it's all risk can, from here, man. You can renew for. <laughs> would you like an extended warranty? Oh, I'm boy. pretty impressed that forty years ago they were capable of building something that could travel eleven and a half billion light years for forty years in space and and continue to function and, and send, exactly. send back the signal. I mean, so I think that's you know that's a big deal. A monkey could, if you were out there, you could throw a golf ball and it's going to go billions and billions of miles eventually. Right. Or maybe it's going to hit something. But the fact that it can, it had some. Transmit a signal back. A 40-year course of some sort in mind where it wasn't going to get pulled into some gravity deal. And then. Can they alter the course of it? Is there any jet propulsion capabilities on that thing? I don't know. You got me. I don't, I don't know. No idea. That'd be that would be a pretty frustrating game because you'd say, "All right, turn left," and then forty five minutes later, the lag, <laughs> the lag is well, brutal. I'm sure they would do something like once every few years, like a little, psst. yeah, because that's all you need up there is just like right. the smallest little. It's just got like a little hairspray can, and yeah. it's just like that's that's it. they calculate it down to a T exactly to keep it on course and avoid you know anything that's out there. Which I don't think there's a whole lot out there. So Nick, let's go back. I'll, uh, um, we got distracted by how great American. I do have one more fun is. fact, though. Oh, yeah, let's hit the fun fact. But then after that, I want to hear about growing up uh, in a fa- well, my, in a military family. A fun fact actually is based around that. Cool. So in 1985, my dad. I was five years old. My dad was a Marine. He flew an A6 Intruder, which is a fighter jet for the Marines. Nice. And. Ronald Reagan came to the home base, El Toro, was the name of the military base. So it was in Irvine, California. We lived 15 minutes away from El Toro. My mom took my sister and I to see Reagan, ended up getting first row on the fence. And Ronald Reagan, do I have an aura about me right now? (laughs) Because I've been touched by Ronald Reagan. Nice. Nice. Gave me the little double pat on the head. Really? He's walking by. You did. You got. I didn't know that until today. What? Because I asked my sister. I said, "Hey, we're doing a uh, podcast on just all positive things, past, uh, present, future America." She said, "You should talk about when you got touched by Ronald Reagan." I said, "Huh? I didn't know that." She said, "Yeah, call mom." So I call my mom. My mom sends me a picture of the newspaper clip of Reagan standing out of his limo. 
uh, giving a speech. And on the front row of the fence, you can see my sister. I'm kind of blocked by a social or secret, social service. secret service. Uh, and then you can see my mom. But yeah, he came over and gave me the old double pat on the head. That is awesome. Wow. That's really cool. And so what did, did he do that to your sister? Did he pat mm-hmm. her too? She's so jealous. She said to this day, she's mad. My mom said, <laughs> I'm never going to bathe him again. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. It is a pretty cool story. It is. Um, because, you know, that's another thing I love about um, the United States in general. There are exceptions to this. Some people that don't don't kind of follow this rule, but I'm not one of them. And I think the majority of Americans aren't one of them. There's a president of the United States that is not a king, right? And it's an elected person that millions and millions of people have put into that office. And that office holds a lot of history and a lot of significance. And... You hold that person in a high regard or you hold that office in such a high regard that it is a story worth telling 30 years later, you know, that you got to see the president and he patted you on the head. No matter. I mean, the fact that it's Reagan is super cool because he's, you know, one of those kind of iconic presidents. Sure. But. No matter what. Yeah, even if it was Carter, it's cool. You go see it. Like, you mm-hmm. go see that person, and you respect them and the office that they hold so much. Absolutely. And and it's not um, just because of the power that they hold, but it's because it's a power granted to them by, you know, all of us, even though those of us who vote against them or whatever. In the end, that is a power that's been granted to them uh, and that they're responsible to those people. I just think it's so cool. You know, instead of having, because if you look throughout the like course of history, probably 99, 98% of the world's population, historical population of all that have ever lived, have been ruled over by someone. Right. Right. By, by sort of fiat, by kind of just this is the way it is. And so I think it's, you know, um, not necessarily unique to the United States at this point in time, but it is unique in history that we select our leader. And that um, that's, you know, held in such high regard, kind of no matter who it is in terms of, you know, different policy decisions or whatever. So I think that's just a super cool story. I've never um, I've never met a president. Sherry, my wife, uh, met Bill Clinton a couple, probably like four years ago after he was out of office. I think it was. I can't remember if it was while Obama was in office or Bush. But anyway. Um, he was, you know, it was one of those things where we were at the, uh, staying at the W in Union Square in New York and he was signing books at a Barnes and Noble or something across the street. And I had meetings all day and she was like, well, I guess I'll just go meet the former president. Sure. And, you know, I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, she went and saw him in high school. He came to, um, male high school in Louisville when he, when he was president, which was a huge deal. That is a big deal. And, um. You know, she still remembers that, still remembers meeting uh, Bill Clinton. And and it was just, you know, really cool kind of experience that a lot of people have, but everyone holds it in a very high regard. Mm-hmm. I like it. Now, you asked how it was growing up around, you know, with a military father around a military base. So I didn't grow up on the military base, just, you know, 15 minutes away from it. Uh, we used to go see, have you heard of the Blue Angels? Oh, yeah. They're these just amazing pilots they've got the blue angel 
planes, jets rather. And uh, we got we went and saw them several times, but Fourth of July being you know one of those times. So Independence Day, they always did a big big air show at the base, at the military base. And I remember just loving the Blue Angels and just being so excited when the Blue Angels would do their routine. Uh-huh. But I mean, there was several other things uh, that went on during the air show, obviously, but the Blue Angels were the highlight for me. So that sticks out as a memory. You got to keep in mind, he retired in 1988. I was eight years old. So I was a young, young kid. Did you know that it was weird or strange or unusual that your dad could fly a fighter plane? I just thought it was cool. You just thought it was cool. It, you uh, knew it was whoa, special, flies, right? I mean, I wanted to be a garbage man. You know, that's that's how that's the age I <laughs> At was. At that point in yeah. life, right? I was like, I want to, I want to, you know, yeah, use a backhoe and dig holes. Yeah, I want to be a garbage man. You know, the fact that he flew jets was just like, I thought it was cool, but I, I really had no full understanding of how incredible it really was, right? And is absolutely that's awesome. I um. I couldn't resist. I looked it up. Radio does travel at the speed of light. Mm. So ding, ding for Andy. I think you said that too, Nick. So I guess my calculation was a little off when I no, said No, he added like 0. 0.23 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so Seconds. Seconds. It's, uh, 1.23. The, the lag is 17 hours. It's that far away. It's oh. 17 hours. At the speed of light. It's over 125 times that's the distance said, right? than the sun. Yeah, so pretty I said, close. I said 17 hours, right? Yeah, something like 45 that. 45 minutes, 17 hours. What's the difference? So, yeah. Um, 17 hours. That's, that's awesome. That's turn just, left. That's amazing. <laughs> Check back in two days. Uh, want to mention something else about the greatness of America. And, you know, when people talk about, if you ever talk to someone from, maybe Europe or whatever, they talk about how many countries they've been to. Mm -hmm. What I like about the United States is every state or every region is like a country. There are, I mean, you could easily say that there are 12 or 15 countries that make up the United States based on, uh, you know, yeah, culture and terrain. Yeah, exactly. Everything. It's it's, so it's so different. Um, And I used to kind of feel like I wasn't getting out, you know, in the world because I'd only been to Canada and Mexico. Um, but I feel like you got to check the boxes where you're at. You know, you got to you got to go see Texas and California and uh, the Northwest and the Northeast. There's so many different places. And it's if you if you overlay a map of the U.S. over Europe, you get a sense of of what I'm talking about. It's crazy. Yeah, how I, big I totally, the country is. I totally agree with you as far as how different like I there's so many people that have this major urge to travel. And when I say travel, I mean like outside of the United States. Right. And for me, I just want to see all of the United States before I even consider going right. anywhere else. So I'm like going to Colorado Labor Day this year. Mm-hmm. I went a couple of years ago. It was so beautiful. I have to go back. I want to see the Pacific Northwest, you know, like Oregon. I want to see Montana. There's so many beautiful places. It's just, I want to travel around the, the nation before I really absolutely focus in on yeah. Going all over the world. I agree. It's, and like Landon said, if you, if you overlay a map on top of, of the United States, on top of Europe or on top of another area <clears> of the world, you get that, you get that sense of, you know, it's ridiculous that you're comparing how many stamps on a passport you have. Right. Because if yeah. you really, you know, if you really think about, um, traveling from, you know, here in Louisville, Kentucky to, San Diego, California, or to uh, Bismarck, North North Dakota, 
or to Mobile, Alabama. These are very different areas. Right. Mm-hmm. You it's know, not it, just distance. I mean, it's huge distance, but it's so different. The it's people, so different. The culture is different. Mm-hmm. Um, the the language is slight is different enough that you definitely notice it. Oh yeah, uh, and, people are noticing it right now when we talk. Yeah, absolutely. And they like it because of the southern drawl, man. <laughs> I mean, that's legit. It's legit. Um, yeah, and I was. Um, I was looking through some of the stuff, you know, just kind of, I kind of every year get a little, you know, Independence Day, nostalgic. And for some reason, it always makes me think of our grandpa rock, mm-hmm. um, who he, he was just a classic influence in our lives. And, um, he, what he died at 94 years old in his own bed, living on his own farm and just like a, a quintessential American life of that of that uh, generation. And so I always think about that. He was war American flag suspenders mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Uh, and he was, a, he was a very, very patriotic. He always made sure we understood uh, how great we had it here. And it's kind of that, that stuck with me. Cause I was like, you know, grandpa is patriotic. So that's good. Grandpa's good. And all that kind of thing growing up. Then as I got older and started, you know, learning a little bit more about his life and about, um, you know, the conditions that he grew up in, when you think about it, there's a lot of reason why he, he and his generation could have turned against mm-hmm. the system and against the, the American way. You know, when you're hitting 20 years old, he was a, he was graduating college as the depression was coming in like the real deal yeah. you know the stock market crashed when he was 16 years old the the black mm-hmm. you know the, the crash in 1929 completely crashed and there was a depression on for four six years whatever it was as he was becoming a man and as he was uh of all the times in your life that you might feel rebellious or anti-system that's the time and Absolutely. to be seeing that as right. your country and to still come out of it patriotic is yeah it's amazing and, and it and it's a testament to what we've been talking about and that is opportunity because he knew and he proved that he you know you come from nothing pretty much i mean not a whole lot uh not a whole lot going on um you know they weren't uh, hand to mouth or anything like that but um you know Gibson County Indiana just kind of uh, it's nice farmland nice farm life go to college, which very few people did then. And, you know, he came back and, and decided, you know what? I want to be a farmer. I want to grow the amount of land over time that I control and that I farm and that I produce food on. And, you know, I look back, I'm thinking, this is a guy who's, who started out life, um, you know, steering a plow behind an animal and ends his life you know, looking at a GPS fertilizer mm-hmm. system on a combine. You know, I mean, it starts his life, no air travel. The serious progress. Starts, you know, like that sort of thing. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable progress that has happened. And again, it's the result of an innovation-friendly, uh, ambition-friendly culture. I got to share a quote from him. If yeah. I think you'll remember this, Andy. Um, we were at their house and grandma was talking about should we eat soon or something like that? Should we have dinner soon? 
and uh, you and I were in the same room as him, and I can't remember if it was you or me that asked him, Grandpa, are you hungry? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> says, uh, I haven't been hungry since 1932. I was like, okay. okay. Perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, that's perspective. That is pers- um, that's pretty badass. Yeah. But that's, you know, like you're saying, like Nick was saying, um, you know, your dad's flying fighter planes and, you know, your grandpa's farming through the depression. And then here we are in an air conditioned room, oh, drinking bourbon, talking to thousands and thousands of people. Not a care in the world, really. Yeah, really. Talking to thousands and thousands of people with our opinion about how great America is. It's, that's awesome. It is. It's it's amazing. We're very, very blessed. We are. Nick, you got any more fun facts for us? <laughs> mm. No. No? I got a, I got uh I have to mention this about one of the things that I love about America is the the fact that we beat the Nazis. I think that is fantastic. Um you know, that all of our military accomplishments and what we've done, um the ridding of the evil of the world of the uh, 30s and 40s was just a huge win for everyone. Obviously, we didn't do it alone, but um, I think us entering the war turned the tide, and and so that's a big one for me. Well, not just that. I mean, uh, the United States was near the forefront of and fought one of the world's bloodiest, worst wars ever to eliminate slavery. Uh, that was a worldwide phenomenon. That was not just a Absolutely. United States mm-hmm. issue, and um, you know a lot of a lot of people that d- that had a economic disinterest in doing so fought and died to end that. So I think that should be celebrated. Um, today's not the day to get into the counter arguments in that for me. Um, the other thing, you know, when you talk about uh, leading the way for people of uh, minority status to have high, higher and higher voices mm-hmm. in and women. Uh, and, yeah, that's what I mean. You know, um, so it's a great place to be, and it absolutely it's not perfect. It didn't start perfect, but it's, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. It keeps but getting possible better. Here we are. It keeps getting better. It's and, the best, and it keeps getting better. And I love it. And oh my gosh, not to mention not beyond the Nazis too, uh, communists. I mean that the Cold War was an enormous win. It was huge for the entire world. So that's and actually, I can make the argument that that's a bigger, that's a more important win could be than um, than against whoever. But we have obviously our military. We've done a lot for the world, absolutely, and for ourselves, and that's Mm -hmm. fine. And everybody should embrace that. I mean, hey, this is where you want to be. You know, Uh, that's where I want to be. Absolutely. This time, this place. So, <clears throat> I was telling you guys that we put on a fireworks show in our neighborhood, me and my neighbor. And so, I was just, I had to bring this scene up. I'm just going to play it. Figure out a way to sell more fireworks. Oh, God. I'm broke with this venture also. Well, I see you got them snakes and sparklers. But oh, man. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. This is the good stuff. Snakes and sparklers. So you're going to tell me that you don't have no black cats, no Roman candles, or screaming memes? No. Oh, come on, man. You don't got no lady fingers, buzz buttles, sneaker bombs, church burners, finger blasters, gut busters, zippity doodads, or crap flappers? No, I don't. You're going to stand there 
owning a fireworks stand and tell me you don't have no whistling bungholes, no spleen splitters, whisker biscuits, honky lighters, husker doos, husker don'ts, cherry bombs, nips and dazers, with or without the scooter stick, or one single whistling kitty chaser? No. Because snakes and sparklers are the only ones I like. Well, that might be your problem. It's not what you like. It's the consumer. <laughs> oh man! Real talk. That's, That's our. At. That is a preview of our negotiation technique with the fireworks stand owner. <laughs> oh, if you could memorize that and deliver it, I think they'd just give you whatever. You <laughs> That's amazing. Uh-oh. Oh, that. <laughs> that what a fantastic ad there. Yep. Well, nobody takes that took. <sighs> I don't know. If you did that in one take, he's, I could, he's a legend. If you were the snakes and uh, sparklers guy and you have yeah, to keep a straight be the hardest face part. while he's <laughs> saying that, that would be amazing. It took totally one impossible. take just on that alone. Right. Even if it was delivered in one take, the, the other guy couldn't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I think season two of the Swancast is off to a phenomenal start. Absolutely. I like, I like it. This is a great one. So yeah, if you got kids, tell them about Independence Day, not July 4th. And get yourself... Um, a copy of Federalist Papers. Yeah, the Federalist Papers. Um, just read through that. I think it's just, it's, well, even if you're not like super patriotic and, you know, it, USA, USA, it is a phenomenal read on the establishment of what is inarguably one of the most successful governments and societies ever created. And so yeah. that's, that's worth reading. Um, Nick's reading over something yeah, like I think I want Andy to take us out with these famous words from Richard Henry Lee of Virginia spoken June 7th at a session at the Pennsylvania State House which is now Independence Hall some, some good words here so Nick's just famous, hand, handing me the, famous words, cold. the stuff in the brackets now where was he he was I, in the. I'm just trying to figure out what kind of. He was in the Pennsylvania State <laughs> House. This is this is June seventh, seventeen seventy six. Okay, so this is three this is, or five days after. Correct, and he is in the Pennsylvania Wait, State House. Is it June or July? July seventh. Sorry, okay. July seventh, seventeen seventy six. Pennsylvania State House, now Independence Hall. So he's delivering this to all. Everybody's excited. They're pumped. They're reared up. They're ready to go. And he says this. Resolved. That these United Colonies are, and of right ought to be, free and independent states. That they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is, and ought to be, totally dissolved. Man, that's beautiful. I will have, I will drink some bourbon, I will shoot some fireworks, (laughs) And I will enjoy my weekend with my friends and family on that note. Absolutely. Sounds good. Enjoy Independence Day. Support our troops. This communication has been compromised. The Swantastic Swancast will be in touch again shortly.